0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast on how to capitalize on revenue generation at your institution's facilities when they're not being used for athletic events. My name is Scott Nelson. I am our AD at Minnesota State University in beautiful Mankato, Minnesota, where I oversee marketing and communications. And uh, we'll go around the horn here and allow everybody to introduce who they are. I'll let you start here.
1: Yep. Hi, everybody. So I'm Ariana Palmer, Director of Marketing and Engagement here at the University of Delaware. And Sarah?
2: I'm Sarah. I'm the Director of Sales and Marketing at the Donald L. Tucker Civic Center at Florida State University.
3: Byron and Ben, then I'll let you guys go here. Yeah, Byron is Assistant Athletic Director for Sport Operations here at Minnesota State.
4: Uh, ben Nelson, Program Coordinator for Marketing and Facilities at Camp, in Campus Recreation at Minnesota State, Mankato.
0: So uh, a quick uh, side note, Minnesota State is pretty unique where we share uh, some of our facilities with Campus Rec, and, and both Byron and Ben have a pretty good oversight on how those are rented uh, when non-being used for athletic events. So that's why they're both joining us here today with a couple different roles here on campus at MSU. Uh, first question we will get out to the entire group. Um, all right, I'll, I'll let you start. What type of external events do you host at your institution, and what venues do you tap into the most?
1: So we no, host about six to ten large-scale events every year, um, from sporting events, concerts, shows, etc. Oh. Actually, we're hosting WWE this weekend, as well as our state um, football tournament. Um, so our athletics field, so everything on the outside, we host youth and high school sporting events, um, like I mentioned Statewide championship games, um, field hockey, football, soccer, baseball, um, any sport that we have a field for, we are hosting it most likely. And then in conjunction with our recreation department, we may host um, some of their leagues' tournaments and competitions up here, such as like ultimate frisbee, um, flag football. And then um, around campus, we also have three to four different meeting spaces that can hold 25 to 500 people. And so we can host corporate events, um, corporate outings, holiday parties, um, things of that nature for outside companies and sponsors.
0: And Sarah, how about down at the Tucker Center?
2: Yep, so uh, we have um, a large facility where we host um, concerts, family shows, um, basketball games. And then we also have a convention center space uh, where we have a large X hall um, that can be used for a variety of things. And we have six meeting room spaces. Um, so I'm on the uh, venue management side. Um, so our company oversees all of those external events, all the concerts, um, things like that. We just had Joe Coy come through a November, um, Mannheim Steamrollers, events like that. Um, so we oversee all of those events, and then we work directly with FSU Athletics for their um, basketball events.
0: Perfect. And Byron and Ben, the, the events that you, uh, MSU hosts.
3: Yeah, we have a – wide variety as well uh, we host here on campus uh, in our Taylor Center which is our basketball arena uh, wrestling and volleyball uh, to our sports dome and uh, our, uh, our field house as well which we also share with campus recreation um, anywhere from uh, high school basketball sectional tournaments to high school football uh, to uh, Mankato uh, Ninja Warrior we've done in the past um, uh, a lot of youth and community events we're kind of heavy on that here in Mankato Uh, we view it as a great way to uh, build uh, regional relationships, local relationships, and it's a great way to showcase our uh, facilities um, here on campus while at the same time uh, assisting with our scholarship and operational budgets.
4: Perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah, Myers, Myers Fieldhouse is one of our most uh, utilized facilities. Uh, like Byron said, it, it really is used by the community. A lot of uh, local school districts, things, uh, hosting concerts in that facility as well. Uh, our, most of our local concerts, so homecoming and spring, uh, one's there as well. Um, as well as our, our MSU uh, Sports Dome, which is uh, heavily used by uh, local, local sports, uh, especially a lot of nonprofits, youth, local youth soccer uh, youth football, youth hockey, or youth lacrosse, um, all utilize that facility quite a bit.
0: Perfect. Do any of you have partnerships with city funded arenas and how does that, uh, relationship work?
2: Uh, our arena is, um, owned by Florida State University. Um, so they, we work with them, the university side, very closely on booking and, um, hosting a lot of university events. Um and then athletics is an arm of the university, so um it's all kind of intertwined together um so we really work very closely with them on on all of our events um and then another cool thing about our venue is that with all of our different spaces we can host multiple events at one time so um a couple of weeks ago uh, we had chicago the the band in the arena, and then we had a large sorority banquet in our um Exhibit hall happening at the same time and nobody was the wiser other than our, our staff. So, um, it's really great that we're able to utilize those different functions and we work with FSU to book all of those spaces.
0: Byron, you want to talk about our real, uh, MSU's relationship with the city of Mankato?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we, uh, our campus kind of sits up on the hill here and, uh, we have a civic center downtown Mankato, uh, in our division one men's and women's hockey, uh, uh essentially rent that, uh, civic center downtown. Uh, so we have a great relationship with the city of mankato who's a proprietor of that facility and um uh, you know where coaches offices meeting spaces locker rooms strength and conditioning etc are all located down there for those two programs um we uh we're kind of the primary contact for the event itself as far as uh, putting it on however they're uh uh you know the city of mankato and their staff downtown at the civic center plays a key role uh in our day-to-day operations as well as uh just the general liaison to the facility, so
0: good relationship there. Uh, question for all of you, I'll let Ariana, I'll let you start. What does uh, personal personnel workload look like for athletic employees, venue employees, and, and the in the university employees
1: at your facilities? Yeah, sure. So we have um, our in-house facilities and ops team who um, really are impacted the most by outside events. So. Usually they have a point of contact on who's going to be in charge of that event as the event manager. um, They're in charge of, you know, setup and breakdown and staffing in terms of ushers, um, any extra hands, game day staff, event day staff that they need um, for that event. Um, And then university employees that are usually involved or when we have to put in work orders up campus. So custodians, electricians, media services, staff, um, and then on the marketing side, we typically um, assign a person in our office to kind of help promote and market that event so that's email marketing social media marketing um maybe sometimes even flyers or print marketing depending on the event and kind of um the target audience and so we all kind of work together and do on a rotating basis of of who gets what event based off of what sport responsibilities they have um that season how about you sarah
2: um, so, as I mentioned, on the venue side, we have all the same departments basically that FSU has. So, when we're working with them for FSU events, um, we just, the departments work together to put on the event. So, our operations team works with their operations team. Um, I work directly with their marketing team to support. Um, they run all of the marketing, you know, specifically for their games, um, but I work with them to support. Um, we also have a good relationship with um, FSU Learfield. Um, where we we're able to kind of work with them and on a marketing aspect of, um, doing some trade and things like that. So that way we we're able to advertise some of our external events, uh, with athletic events and then vice versa. They're able to do some advertising with us or some ticket trade and things like that. So, um, we, we work closely with, with them on that, but mostly our staffs mirror each other and they just kind of work together where, you know, we bring the building, um, issues and, and things up to them and then they work with us, um, on, on what they, and what they need and what they need from us.
0: Byron and Ben, you want to talk about the relationship uh, with your the different employees that we deal with in both facilities?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, from athletic sides, uh, our internal operations unit within our department, uh, I don't want to say overseas, uh, the facilities, but we're the primary contacts for our athletic uh, facilities, our basketball arenas, our field house, uh, football stadium, et cetera. And, uh, like Sarah and Ariana mentioned as well, we have uh, various different units around the uh, university that assist us with upkeep, uh, general maintenance, uh, facilities, parking, uh, grounds, et cetera. And we have a very close working relationship with those units on campus, uh, to, uh, to upkeep our facilities. But, uh, athletics and our internal operations are viewed as the, uh, the, the staff to take the charge of those facilities, uh, to put in the work orders to, uh, to really uh, make the facility Great
0: the way it is. So, Ben, can you touch on the external rentals on the dome and how you guys handle that, maybe cross charge and, and bring that revenue in?
4: Yeah. Um, so, we have really three main users of the, of the facility. It's intercollegiate athletics. Um, it's, a, it's rare because we over, as campus recreation, we oversee um, that facility as a whole. So, uh, when athletics has a revenue generating activity like a camp or a tournament that they charge for, uh, we do charge intercollegiate athletics back uh, at a better rate than than we're charging the general public um but we're also providing um, staffing for external events, um soccer tournaments, all those type of things. we're doing all the logistics uh softball tournaments that we host in there as well uh setup and teardown uh, of those we're we're handling all that uh, the logistics so we have a staff of about fourteen uh that that work out there on a the rotating basis to um, assist with those setups and teardowns.
0: Perfect. Uh, external events, ticketing-wise, uh, Ariana, you want to start us off on how you guys handle handle those tickets and capturing the data, and then do you use that data to, to work on retargeting and market to any demographics?
1: Yeah, so um, for us, um, we are a pac school, so everything that is a ticketed event will go through our ticketing system, and so we're able to use our email marketing system, Eloqua, to um, create segments and, you know, do those no before you go emails, ticket pushes, as well as be able to retarget those people um, that have come to an event before. So we kind of segment them out based off of what type of event it is. So a good example is like WWE. Most of, we noticed that most of the people coming to that event are our families. So we'll be able to retarget those people for our youth basketball nights that are coming up as well as any other um, youth events that we're going to host in the future, like our um, big spring event, pandemonium which is a big um carnival style um, event that we host around our spring football game. Um, and so everything that we do that is ticketed is through that system. And then for, you know, the non- ticketed events or maybe like the corporate events um the only costs that we really incur are the facility rentals themselves and then um we're able to obviously keep those people in our database um to either retarget them to come back um to host another event or maybe even to come and do an outing at a game or um bring them out to a football game to potentially become a new sponsor
0: sir how about you guys down
1: in tallahassee
2: so the venue uh This July to switch to Ticketmaster, we were on Paciolan and we just switched to Ticketmaster. Um, So athletics is still on Paciolan. So we are super unique in that we have two different um, ticketing platforms in our box office, which is really fun. Um, But we, um, through Ticketmaster, we are able to retarget and create segments, just like Ariana was saying. Um, But we also have that unique um, part of Ticketmaster in that they are able to send out a lot of um, Ticketmaster-specific emails for us. So they have a lot of automatic things that um, we are able to utilize. Um, They send out reminder emails, um, just a lot more similar to what Pachyolone does, but I feel like it's a little bit um, on a more frequent basis than um, what Pachyolone had done uh, for us. Um, And then we also – Utilize a lot of their social media aspects. They they set up a lot of um, social media ads for a lot of our events um, that we don't have to pay for and that we don't have to um, you know necessarily do anything with. They're just automatic. So um, we really utilize a lot of their free and automatic um, marketing tools.
0: Uh, let's switch a little bit from ticketing into revenue generation, which is kind of the, the, the key component here. And, and how does that uh, standard share revenue gen- generation look like for each of you? And, and w- how much does e- the external event take versus school, uh, town, uh, and the athletics? So, like in the dome, what's that revenue generation look like, Ben and Byron? And, and for our different facilities, and we will go the same for you guys up there at Delaware?
4: So our main focus within the dome is, uh, is the rental portion of it. That's our biggest, uh, internal <clears throat> and external, uh, revenue generation por- portion, uh, for us. Um, some of it is, uh, our student fees, uh, that are assessed for our students, uh, to help buy some of that, uh, the bonding down from building the, the facility originally. Uh, a lot of the operational costs are covered through that, uh, the rental, uh, whether that's internal or external,
0: uh, depending on what, uh, group is utilizing the facility. Bryan, you have anything else to add on on that from an MSU standpoint?
3: Yeah, very similar. Ben touch base on the dome, but uh, you know, at, uh, events we host in a variety of different facilities here. Uh, we typically charge uh, by the hour or the event, depending on uh, what the event looks like. Uh, usually, it's by the hour. Um, that's kind of our main source of uh, revenue. If we, we touched on tickets a little bit, we're a little bit unique, uh, where we typically let uh, the group that's uh, having their event in our facilities uh, keep that ticket revenue. Uh, while using our operation. That's kind of a perk that we, uh, we have for them, uh, as we really try to focus on, uh, uh, the Mankato, uh, in the Southern Minnesota community, uh, heavily. Um, but yeah, similar to what Ben said, it's, uh, it's mainly the facility rental and then a couple of other auxiliary expenses, such as video boards, uh, things like that, where we capture a little bit more revenue. How
1: about you, Ariana? Yeah, so I alluded to it a little bit before, but, um, For our non-ticketed events or, like, when we are um, renting out facilities or doing corporate events, it's usually just the facility rental that we um, take from them. And then we kind of hook them up with our campus partners if they want to do, like, any food or any type of um, decorations or, you know, to spice the space up. So um, we work with Aramark and connect them together to work on, like, food and deal packages. And then for our ticketed events, like concerts, um, obviously we have the ticketing the ticket costs, but then we, you know, sometimes add on fees, parking, concessions, those things from things to that. Um, and then depending on the event, sometimes um, they might host some type of like VIP area. So we can um, up price or up, up charge for that. And then um, we also end up um, when we retarget those people, we can give them a promo code that is specific to that event. So if you type in WWE 2023, you might be able to get, um, buy one, get one tickets to the next basketball game. And that's how we kind of, um, loop them in and keep them in that cycle. Love it.
0: Um, as we begin to wrap up here, uh, what advice do each of you have uh, on how to start up, uh, at another school and capitalize on, on revenue for your facilities when they're not being used by athletic events? I'll
2: go ahead. I, I would say from the venue side, just. You know, the the more that we can work together, the more that we can collaborate and come up with ideas, the better we're all going to be. Um, for external events, like we have a ton of space, and you know, there's a lot of different things that we can do with the space. And I think that you know, we could work with athletics, you know, even more, and and just you know, make sure that we're utilizing the space as best as we can for both, um, both entities. For uh, MSU, uh,
3: we're a little bit uh, different than Florida State, for example. We're a little bit smaller and. Kind of more of a niche market. I'd say, uh, you know, if we're looking at the dome, for example, our sports dome, uh, you know, it's something that's, uh, might be important to do is just go explore other domes in the Minnesota area, the Western Wisconsin area, see what they do well and what they don't do well, bring that back here to make sure we can provide that service, uh, better than the other person can to maximize their revenue. Uh, it sounds cliche, sounds simple, but, uh, it's something that we, uh, we do as well.
4: Yeah, just bridging off of what Byron said there, uh, when we initially built the facility, before we built a facility, we sat down with a lot of the stakeholders that we knew were going to be utilizing it, um, get their needs um, set, because that's a relationship that we're building for a long time, uh, especially those larger renters that are going to be a vast majority of that um, that income we need to, to run the operation. So, uh, sitting down, finding their needs out first, um, and then uh, giving them the best experience to start off with so we so we have a good relationship moving forward, and then sprinkling the rest of the programming around outside of that. So. Uh, our use has changed a little bit since we initially had those conversations, um, but that's okay because you're, you're you're finding be- better ways to utilize it and and, uh, and generate more revenue as you go along.
0: Before we jump to Ariana here, just uh, we we talked about it a little bit maybe off the air before we started, but sometimes in, on college campuses the relationship between maybe campus rec and athletics is always a little bit unique and and talk about the collaboration between the two and and how you can make sure that everybody's getting the best need out of uh, what they have here and and how it may be unique to MSU.
4: Yeah, those I'll I'll jump in first here, Brian. Those those conversations happen between Byron and myself every day. Um, Sometimes it's good to have a buffer between us and some of the coaches uh, to, you know, it's a, to you know, soften the language a little bit, but I, I think we we both value each other um, and, and what each one brings to the table um, and and kind of aligning that and taking a step back of what, you know, my focus is the general student population. Byron's is, uh, you know, the, the student athlete and the, uh, the, the revenue generation portion from collegiate athletics um, and, and leveling those on the same playing field and, you know, taking back and being more uh, objective when when making decisions moving forward
3: you know saying what Ben was saying as well it's uh, it's not easy uh, Ben and I call each other well at least twice a day Ben right uh, on average <laughs> but we have to work together constantly and, and uh, uh, the reality is we uh, we do value each other's work we understand how challenging it can be um, and uh, we respect that and that's what it comes down to and we do have a great
1: relationship between campus direct and athletics all right Ariana, how about you yeah so I guess um, for anybody looking to kind of be able to use their facilities in different ways um the first thing is making sure that you have the manpower and the capability to do so Um, there's nothing worse than trying to plan an event and then you realize that things are double booked or you just don't have enough staff to be able to um you know host something so um that's really one cool thing about here is that um it's really like kind of written into our job descriptions of outside events and um so you kind of know a little bit of what you're getting into and then, um, a big thing here too, um, at Delaware is obviously, um, working with the university and making sure, you know, insurance and compliance and all of that is in order. Um, again, WWEs, it's because it's the one that's coming up this weekend is, um, you know, there's a lot of risk in that, you know, they're, they're ripping up our basketball floor and putting down a ring. And so, and then we play basketball here and, and a week later. So making sure you have the manpower to be able to get that floor up, get that ring in and then get the floor back down. And and then when athletes are coming into practice that, you know, they're safe and, and all that. And then um, another part is, um, you know, working with your sport admin staff of when you start to schedule games um, being strategic maybe, and when you schedule those so that you're able to, you know, host events in between tournaments or games or being able to look at your um, schedule and say, yeah, we can host um, a football tournament or we can host field hockey um, Delaware is really unique because um, as like the state institution um, a lot of schools and we have really good relationships with the you know inner, inner scholastic um, leagues here they want to host things here in um, Delaware although small um, the southern point of Delaware is still three hours away from the university and for those kids to be able to come up here and play their um, basketball tournament is you know an honor and we can we can fill, um, you know, our basketball arena or we can fill our field hockey stadium um, with five thousand, six thousand, seven thousand people to come watch a high school tournament. And it's, it's really awesome. So um, and off, off of that, too, we're able to charge a little bit of a premium because there is a demand to want to come here and play. So um, as long as, you know, you're speaking to the right people um, and there's like, a, you know, a need and a and a want, um, anybody can really make it happen.
0: Awesome. Well, hopefully everybody gave some, some great information from here and, and some stuff to take back to their universities. I'd like to thank all of our panelists for joining us today, and thank you for tuning in to this NACMA podcast. Stay tuned for more great content
2: from NACMA here as we move forward.